0: Listen, tonight, um, I want to talk with the men, okay? I want to talk specifically to the men. That doesn't mean that what I'm saying is not somehow relevant to the women, because it is. But I'm talking to men. I'm not, I'm not sp- specifically talking to husbands or fathers. I'm going to be talking about that in, in a couple of weeks. Tonight, I'm just talking to men as men, Women, you're going to find that you can be challenged and encouraged too, but I'm talking, have I, have I said yet who I'm talking to? I'm talking to men, okay? Now, if you're a man in this place, if you're single and you're by yourself, you know, you might just you might want to just grab the edge of your seat and hang on. Okay? Just hang on. It's going to be a wild ride. If you're married and you're sitting behind, uh, beside your wife, you might want to just go ahead and grab her hand. Just grab her hand. Now... Don't grab her hand if she's the kind of wife that every time I say something that applies to you, she's going to squeeze. <laughs> don't, just grab the edge of your seat like the single guys, okay? But if you're single or if you're married, if you are a man or you are young, we don't have any teenagers in here. If you think you'll become a man, I want you to pay attention tonight, okay? You got to kind of have to be careful how you say that these days, don't you? If you think you might become a man, okay, that's, let me scratch that from the... Oh gosh, we're getting off to a bad start. (laughs) Okay, listen, I'm talking to men tonight and here's what I want to tell you. Listen, every man must decide who he wants to be. Every man must decide who he wants to be. Melissa and I last week briefly shared any kind of transformation, any kind of um, going further, building of, of your marriage, of your family. It starts with making the decision to do so. Isn't that right? Here's what I see. Here's what I want to be. I'm going to make the decision to be that. Every man must decide who he wants to be. One of the questions that was submitted on the, uh, on the dot thingy was what should you do if your husband doesn't lead your family? That was one of the questions. What should you do if your husband doesn't lead your family? It's a very common question. More than one wife. And so somebody asked the question and then others started liking that. (laughs) There are women who are desperate for their husbands to lead their family. And most likely, every man in this room is like, was that my wife that submitted that question? Right? But here's the thing. Even as men, we're asking that question. How do I lead my family? I asked that for years because it was something my wife would say to me. I want you to lead. I just want you to be the spiritual leader. I just want you to lead us. And I didn't know how. And so I'm still on this journey of trying to lead my family well. But let me tell you, man, men, man, men, Male people, I have made that decision. I've decided the kind of man I, I want to be. Every man must decide the man he wants to be. And if that's been your question, uh, how do I lead? I want to be a leader. Brother, let me tell you, it starts with making the decision to lead your family. You've got to decide who you want to be. You've got to come to that place where you say, enough. Is enough, and that's actually the title of my message this morning. Enough is enough. You can write that down. Every man must decide who he wants to be. To say enough is enough, women. I want to answer that question for you, and and it's not going to be an overly complicated question. Uh, answer: What should I do if my husband doesn't leave my family? Listen, women, you need to begin fasting and praying for your husband. Yes, fasting and praying. You may have to skip a meal. You might have to say no to Starbucks one day a week or whatever it is. Begin praying and fasting for your husband. Asking the Lord. Lord, touch his heart. Grab his heart. Put on his heart to become the leader that I need him to be. That my children need him to be. But at the same time or in the meantime, women, you still have to become the woman that God is calling you to be. You can't put that on hold just because your husband has. Keep moving forward. Your spiritual and emotional health cannot hang on where he is or where he isn't. And I hope that's helpful for those who asked that questions and started liking it. And there were several. Man, I don't think we realize how desperate our wives are for us to lead them how much they want and need for us to lead them. There's a place in 1st Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 that says, listen. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, who's this reading uh, written to? His, right? Men. This is written to men. If anyone does not provide for his re- relatives, especially for members of his household, here's what it says. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's what scripture says. I didn't say that. I'm not judging anybody. I'm not trying to pronounce a sentence upon someone. But this says that a man that does not provide for his household, it's not just talking about physically as we'll talk more this morning. He has denied the faith. He's worse than an unbeliever. You might be here thinking, you're, you're a man in this place or you're watching online. And you're like, well, I have worked hard and kept my family fed. I have provided for them. I've, I've, I've kept them physically alive. But I haven't provided spiritual leadership. Now that you mention it, I haven't provided emotional support. I haven't mentally engaged the members of my household. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. I want to decide today the man that I want to be. Enough is enough. That's not the man that I want to be. First Corinthians 13 verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I reasoned like a child. I thought like a child. When I became a man, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Notice it didn't say when I became a husband. I think men have this timeline or this this, this marker point. When I get there, then I'll make the adjustments. I said those things. It never worked. When I get married, I will. Well, when I have kids, well, then I'll start. It doesn't work. Those timelines don't work. We fly right past them, don't we? And women, you know that to be true as well. It doesn't work. I'm not talking about being a husband or being a father. That I'm talking about being a man. a man. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. I stopped rolling in late to work. I stopped um, having a bad attitude. I, I learned to keep my promises. I started reading the word of God instead of looking at pornography. We could go on and on and on and on and on and on about things that we do when we're single, single men. And of course, we're talking to husbands as well, fathers who choose work over their wives who play video games more than they play with their kids. Until we come to that place where we realize that I am a full-grown man acting like a 14-year-old boy and say, enough is enough, we're just going to keep getting what we've got. You know what enough, enough, enough is enough means? I will no longer tolerate. That's what that means. It's an idiom in our, in our culture. Enough's enough. You know, we've, we've been saying enough is enough since the beginning of this year, I think, right? <laughs> enough is enough. Enough is enough means no more will be tolerated. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, Be strong. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. When I say every man must decide who he wants to be, that's what I'm talking about. Being that man who is standing firm in the faith, acting like a man, being watchful. Listen, you can be single and be watchful. You don't have to have a wife to look over. You don't have to have children to be watchful over or home and you can be single and watch what's coming into your home. And if you live at home with your parents, into your bedroom, into your own mind, into your own heart, I'm not going to participate in those fruitless deeds of darkness. I'm not going to latch on to that attitude, which is going to produce this and bear ugly fruit when I am a husband or I am a wife, uh, you know what I mean? So we can begin addressing those things now as single men. We don't wait till we're married. We're not looking for that mile marker. We decide the man that we want to become today. In fact, I used to tell when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell the boys, you know, we're talking about teenagers up to, you know, 17, 18 year old. Listen, the man that you become now, for the most part, will be the man that you'll be the rest of your life. So choose wisely. Once you have made the choice or not made the choice, you begin a track that makes it harder to make that choice later. I know. I didn't make the hard choices until I was well into my twenties until I was well into my marriage and into being father, a father. And you may be here now and and you know what I'm talking about. You're that man that yet. I was about, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old before I realized I'm acting like a kid. And you said, that's not the man I want to be. I want to change that. Whether you are single or whether you are married, whether you have kids or not a man, every man must decide who he wants to be. I couldn't help but notice. And I could be wrong. I might be wrong. But in these questions that are coming in, they f- sure feel feminine. <laughs> they do. I could be wrong. There's, I think the very first question was, um, um, what, uh, how often should a couple have a date night? And Melissa and I are going to talk about that. Maybe a man asked that question. <laughs> I kind of doubt it. And just looking through that, you know, list of 10 or so questions, I don't think, I'm really not feeling that these are masculine questions. The reality is, is men should be asking more questions than the women. Why? Because we're the leaders of our home. My wife will tell women, I'm glad I'm not the leader of my home, I couldn't handle it. The stuff that my husband has to think about and deal with, yeah, women have to deal with a lot in the home too. But it's tough being a man. She's like, I'm glad I'm not the man. I'm glad I'm not the one that says um, that I have to lead my home in that way. I'm not glad I'm not the one ultimately responsible for that. Tony is. And that's why I fast. And that's why I pray for him. And I appreciate that about my wife. Men should be texting these questions. Think of the things. You, how do I balance my checkbook How do I try to get ahead? How do I, um, whatever. I mean, the list goes on and on and on for men. I don't want to get into, you know, all the details. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to tell you what you need to know to say enough is enough. Would that be helpful, men? And this is what I've learned. And there's all kinds of things we could say, all kinds of things that we could point out. But I want to go all the way back to some core issues for men. What you need to know to say enough is enough. Is enough. Number one, you are not enough. Men, you are not enough. I'm going to say it one more time for effect. You're not enough. And even as as I'm saying that, you, you can feel this tension. Between embracing that statement and rejecting that statement. Don't tell me I'm not enough. I'll take you outside. I'll show you how much I am. We want to reject that statement. Don't tell me I'm not enough. But at the same time. There's something in us that's, that's embracing it. And we've been embracing it for years because the reality is we've already embraced the lie version of that statement that I'm not enough. You hear what I'm saying to, to you men? We've embraced that statement, the lie version. We've embraced it. The lie version. This is a core lie for men that we are not enough. And I think the women deal with this too, but I'm not talking to them. Melissa will talk to you next week. The core lie is that we are not enough. And the enemy, the devil, Satan, has been reinforcing that our whole lives. Revelation chapter 12, Zechariah chapter 3, they both together paint a picture of how the enemy stands at our head, yapping his lies and his accusations both day and night. He doesn't stop. He's always there with all kinds of accusations, all whispering. And reinforcing that lie, you're not enough, Tony, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough. enough. It's a true statement, but we need to embrace the true version. Let me show you what I mean. In Genesis chapter two, verse 18, and we know the story, God created Adam and sent him out. Hey, here's a garden, go tend it. One day he says, then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a suitable helper. Now we know that's talking about Eve. And again, we'll get into that, but let's just pause at this. God, I don't know how long it was before he created Adam, gave him a task and sent him on his way before God was like, Oh man. It is not good for man to be alone. (laughs) You know, I mean, think of what the task, uh, go and and tend the garden and name the animals, right? Maybe it was the naming the animals. That was the issue. You know, maybe, maybe Adam was a typical man overcomplicating things. You know, I will call this one hippopotamus. It's like hippopotamus. What? I'll call this, this one platypus and all these weird names giraffe and whatever you know rhinoceros I mean all these long guys are like man why oh let's get him what does it say let's get him a suitable helper the wife comes along and she's like honey cuz she's the one that's having to teach the kids to read <laughs> ain't nobody knows how to spell aardvark <laughs> think about it is it one a or is it two she's like honey look look Because he's still naming the animals. She's like, dog? (laughs) Could we just name this one cat? Honey, it's so small. Look, ant. Let's just call it ant. I know they're swinging and it's crazy, but let's just, ape? You know? Do we have to go orangutan? It's like, who can spell that? Just call it an ape, you know? I don't know. But my point is, is that he says it is not good for man to be alone. Notice that it doesn't say it is not good for man to be single. That's not what it says. If you are single, that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't say it's not good for you to be single. It says it's not good for man to be alone. And now it goes on to, to introduce the woman. You know, I get that. But his first statement is that it's not good for him to be alone. Now, I will pause. I'm not talking to husbands, really. But I will pause on this. And, and, and we'll talk more about this at the, uh, uh, the couple's encounter. So I really do encourage you to come. But think about this. It's not good for man to be alone. He's, 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 not, he's not complete without his wife. Okay. When God did bring a suitable helper, he started with the woman. Let's be clear about that. Okay. And think about the ways... Our wives, if you're married, complete us. I mean, even physically, guys, it's a perfect puzzle piece. I don't want to get too graphic here, but that's, that's pretty good. Am I right? Like, you, like, how do you even make that up? No engineer in the world could have designed that. But God did. And think about, more. we're talking about more than just physical. If you're a husband in this room, you know that your wife completes you Mentally. I don't mind. Does I'd be struggling without my wife. Everything from what decisions do I need to make to where where are my keys? Emotionally, we're not enough. We're not enough. When my wife goes out of town to visit a friend or go do something, and I'm I'm left with the kids, I got to be honest. My kids starve. They're dirty. Every bad attitude in the world is rising up. It's like total anarchy in our home. It's crazy. I'm like, Calgon, take me away. (laughs) The old people in the room got that. Emotionally, in every way, your wife completes you. Again, if you're single, the Lord knows how to complete you in your singleness. But there is a wonderful design when he gave Adam a suitable helper named Eve. She was female, physically was able to make him one, mentally, emotionally, I believe. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. You know what that word alone is in Hebrew? (laughs) B-A-D. Isn't that funny? It's bad. It is bad for man to be alone. It's just bad bad. And here's what it means by itself. That's what that word BAD bad or bod, however you spell it. You know, that's where we get dad bod. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, the word alone in Hebrew, it means by itself. It's not good for man to be by himself. The core truth is guys, men, we're not enough by ourselves. We need people in our lives. Again, we'll talk wives, children, all that, family, more. Tonight, I'm just talking as a man. As a man, you need community. You need accountability. Men need mentorship. Men need discipleship. It's not good for you to be alone. We try to stay alone. We try to do it alone. We think we can do it alone. In our arrogance, we say, I am more than enough. But the reality is, we're not. Otherwise, God wouldn't have said, This guy needs help. (laughs) We're not enough. There's never been a time where you didn't need someone. You came out of your mother's womb and you needed to nurse, you needed to be fed. You grew up, started toddling around, and you needed a daddy to teach you how to pee in the body. It's true. This is one of my favorite memories as a dad. I have three sons. And it was the funnest thing, teaching them how to pee in the toilet. We found these things called piddlers. Anybody know what a piddler is? I don't know if they still make them, but at this time, there was these dissolvable little things that you could put in the toilets and teach your son how to aim. It was awesome. And, you know, there was a time where we could afford them, and then other seasons, we couldn't afford the piddlers because they're kind of, you know. So we just used Cheerios. One of my favorite memories as a dad is all three, all four of us, my three sons and my boys we are all around the toilet and we're having a contest who can knock down all the Cheerios. It was awesome. Hitting the piddlers, hitting the, to- sometimes we were just lightsabers, you know, I'm just telling you, man, come on, we're real here. I have a family. We can talk about that. But on and on and on and on through life, you needed that teacher to help you read. You needed that coach to help you hit the ball. You needed that um, pastor or youth pastor to help you through. Whatever. There's never a time, men, that we didn't need someone. Amen? Okay. I think I digressed on that Piddler's thing. <laughs> Number one, you are not enough. Number two, the Lord is enough. The Lord is enough. Ah. <sighs> The Lord is enough. In John chapter 15, this is, I'm going to read all of this. I think there's only one section that's going to be on the screen, but I'm going to go ahead and read all this. This is Jesus talking, red letters. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That doesn't sound intuitive. If it's bearing fruit, why would you prune it? Let the thing go, bear more fruit. But Jesus knows you will bear more fruit if you get a little lopping every now and then. True or false? Every time you're going through a hardship, man, don't crater, don't be crushed. Embrace it. God's bringing more. That was free. That it bears more fruit. You are already clean because of the world which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. This is one's on the screen. Abide in me, Jesus said. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Did you guys see that? It is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be by himself. You can't bear fruit by yourself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He goes on and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. And I can't help it, he says he. And granted, we know that that means everybody. But in this moment, I'm going to tell you, man, he's talking to you in this one. Today we're reading it and the interpretation is he's talking to men. Okay. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing nothing if anyone does not abide in me he's cast out as a branch and he's withered and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciple let's just get vulnerable here let's just be honest You know, every man must decide the man he um, needs to be. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple of Jesus? This is a valid question for men. Because men are not great at following. We want to be followed, even though we don't know how to lead. But the reality is, is we're going to be a better leader when we learn how to follow. Are you a disciple? That's what he says. So you will be my disciple if you will connect to the true vine. Are you, his disciple, are you tapping into the vine? Are you tapping into the source? My uh, boys and I just recently watched um, The Hunger Games again. You guys ever seen The Hunger Games? You remember that scene? I think it's in the first one where they're out in the jungle and they're about to start killing people and all that stuff. <laughs> Wholesome movie, you know. But anyway, they're going to start killing, but they're like dying of thirst. I'm so I'm thirsty. They're like, oh, oh, thirsty. And all of a sudden you hear, ding. And they look up and there's this little parachute floating to the ground. It hits the ground and they find that there's this little um, spigot or this little spike thing. And they're like, ah. And they bust it into a tree and all of a sudden water starts coming out. And so everywhere they went, they just take that thing out and they bust it into another tree. It's magic. You know, they have water anywhere they go. Wow. I love that. Romans 15 verse 13 says, I pray that God... The source of hope. The source of hope. I want you to think about the source of hope. What is the fruit of I am not enough? Think about it. And men, you know this. You may not know how to voice the answer, but I'm going to tell you. What is the fruit of I'm not enough? I'm not enough. I'm just not enough. You know what the fruit of that is? Hopelessness. It's hopelessness. Because we are sometimes emotionally disengaged from even our own mental and emotional health, we don't realize that we live in a state of hopelessness. And the root of it is, I'm not enough. This is saying, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with his joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Come on! you see this? I'm spitting then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Confident hope through the power makes me think of power tools. We love our power tools. We will go to Home Depot and buy a $400 power tool because we intuitively know that we should work smarter, not harder. We got tools laid up. Maybe not all of us, but even thinking about it, if you got a screwdriver in your house, You will go find that screwdriver because you found that trying to do that screw with your fingernail doesn't work. Am I the only one that's literally tried that? So at the very least, you got a screwdriver somewhere because every man, whether you're married or you're single, has some doorknob they got to fix or something on their car they need to tweak, right? Fingernails don't work. may not be a power tool, but a screwdriver will work just fine. But certainly our power tools. How many jobs have we said, I'm not going to do this without the power tool. It will take me forever. And we ain't got the money. We know it. Our wife knows it. Jesus knows it. <laughs> but we'll go spend $400 on that tool that we got the job done. It <laughs> sits in our garage. Listen to me. Confident hope through the source, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord is enough. Now listen, you are not enough. When you combine, you are not enough, the the, the healthy true version, plus the Lord is enough. You know what that equals? You're actually more than enough. You're more than enough. It's gonna be all right. You're more than enough. Listen to me, I'm gonna say it this way. When men learn to admit and submit. They will quickly find that they are more than enough. Admit and submit. Don't tell me to submit. My wife's the one supposed to be submitting. True, you failed to read the verse right before it. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Men, you are obligated, commanded to submit. When you admit that you're not enough, I'm not enough. Adam, the perfect man, was not enough. I'm clearly not perfect. I'm not enough either. When you admit that and then you submit to the truth that the Lord is enough. The Lord is enough. Your source of hope, your source of strength. All of a sudden you find that in every area. You're more than enough. doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means I'm more than enough. Pick a realm, any realm. You're more than enough when you tap into the source. Exodus 3, we know the story. God calls Moses to go into Egypt, talk to the Pharaoh, and tell him to let the people go and bring them out into the desert that they may worship him. And Moses is a little overwhelmed. And he says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And think about it. Pharaoh was the epitome of Satan on the earth. He was just a big bully. He'd been whipping and beating people for 400 years. And Moses is like, how am I supposed to do this? Which is crazy because just 40 years earlier, Moses thought he was the man. I'm more than enough. And he's lopping off ears, killing people and taking names. And God's like, oh, it's not good for a man to be alone. Moses, <laughs> come over here for a while. I need to teach you how to be a shepherd instead of a soldier. I need to teach you how to wield a staff instead of a sword. That's free too. Every man every man needs to learn how to lead with kindness and gentleness and a shepherd's staff instead of lopping all of everybody's ears off with a sword like Peter did. Peter's like, stop that. You're going to live by the sword. You're going to die by the sword. Men, we need to soak that in. If you're trying to live by the sword, you're trying to do it in your own. I'm just going to, you're going to reap what you sow. You all listening to me? Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That dude scares me to death. That dude wears makeup. <laughs> right? It's crazy. God says I I will be with you simple as that I will be with you how am I going to do this God I'm not enough Oh, it's easy I'm enough I'll be with you and we see the story amazing some of the most amazing things the world's ever seen done through this man who was able to admit he's not enough and submit that the Lord is Romans 8 verse 31 through 39 check this out What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us these things? Check it out. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Oh, Pharaoh's going to bring a charge? your boss is going to bring a charge the culture is going to bring a charge somebody's going to bring a charge who's going to bring a charge against god's elect it is god who justifies he it is he who condemns it is christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of god and makes intercession for us jesus prays for us every moment of every day who shall separate us from the love of christ and then he gives this little list uh, is tribulation going to separate us from god Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or the sword. And the list could go on and on and on. We, every man could fill out their own list of the things that they know have separated them from the Lord. He says, for your sake, we are killed all day long, quoting an Old Testament scripture, an Old Testament prophecy. For your sake, we're killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Do you know what that means? Translation. Translation. It's always something. Isn't that right? It's always something. The enemy doesn't stop. There's always something. That's what my dad used to say. It's always something. It's always something. But it's true, isn't it? always something. Look what it goes on. It says, yeah, in all these things, in all these things, every time there's something, we are more than conquerors through him. We're more than enough. More than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, no depth, or any other created thing that means that it doesn't matter what's on the list it doesn't matter what comes our way it doesn't matter what scheme the enemy's working to tear you down men nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus doesn't matter if it's always something it's always something you know what it is always something it is always something and so Every man needs to decide who he wants to be. Do I want to be a man who powers through? Is that the guy you are? You're just the man that powers through. I got got, got this. I got this. Tim, the tool man, Taylor, with your power tool. You're just going to power through this. There's so many men, they just try to power through this creative thing that has risen up against them. They just power through, muscle through. And at the other end, it they are exhausted, they're depressed, and they're no better off than they were before. Most of the time, worse off. Their family has felt their power through. Their friends have felt their power through. Everyone has felt their power through. If you're part of a church, the church feels it when you're just trying to power through. Instead of saying, hey, I could use some help. That's, men don't do that. But men should do that. Why? Because there's never a time where we don't need somebody. Men are terrible about this. Hey, man, I could use some help. Now, we might ask someone, hey, man, could you help me move? Or hey, man, could you help me um, you know, rebuild this engine? <laughs> somebody wouldn't ask me that. you know. But we'll ask, we'll ask for help in those ways. But we're not going to ask somebody for emotional help. And man I'm really struggling with these doubts or these insecurities I've been struggling with anxiety i could I could use some help well, we're not asking for mental help man i've been I've been looking at pornography for so many years and it's just in my mind Romans 12 two says i need to to conform to the pattern no longer to the pattern of this world but You know, I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind is filled with all this stuff. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? We're not going to ask for that. We're certainly not going to ask for spiritual help. Men don't ask for discipleship. The very thing we need, we don't ask for. I'm just talking to men, right? We just power through. Psalm 44 verse 3 says, it wasn't by their sword that they took the land. Listen, talking about Israel. It wasn't it wasn't by their sword that they took the land. Their arms didn't bring them victory. It was by your hand, your right hand, your arm, in the light of your face because you favored them. That's how it, that's how it happened. That's how it went down. What had happened was God came through. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right Hand, Oh, men don't like to hold hands. At least not in this way. Men need to learn how to reach up. Say, God, will you hold my hand? I'm scared. Father, will you you hold my hand? This is hard. Can you pull me out of here? I can't get myself out of this. It's okay, men. You don't have to power through. Now, some men, they don't power through maybe because of their makeup, maybe because of their personality, maybe because they've tried powering through for so long and it didn't work, it never does. Their response is that they power down. They power down. They just reach this place of resignation. I'm done. I'm done. I give up. It seems like A couple of times a month I hear of a new husband that has lost their mind and left their family. It's epidemic. Surely it doesn't have to be that way. Surely this doesn't have to be a fatherless generation. Surely there is hope. There is hope. There's confident hope. But we've got to admit and we've got to submit. Galatians 6 Verses seven through nine says, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For the one that sows to his own flesh, from the flesh, he will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Verse nine, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap. If we do not grow weary, the only way you don't grow weary is if you tap into the source. If you don't tap into the source, you got no power, then you're going to power down. There's nothing feeding you. You just power down. I give up. I give up. And you're that husband that comes home, turns on the TV and vegges or goes to his main cave and vegges turns on the video games and veggies while everybody around you is working to make life happen. They make movies about this stuff. First Corinthians 15 says, therefore, my beloved brothers can't help but notice that he's talking to men. Be steadfast and immovable. That's our calling as men, certainly as husbands, fathers, be steadfast and immovable. Can I get a witness? A little louder witness. That's our job, men. Women, you need to be steadfast and immovable too. Husbands, can I tell you, the more steadfast and immovable we are, the more steadfast and immovable they will be. True story. The better option is for us to power up. I know that's a little cheesy, but that's that's what I got. Power up. What I mean is power up. You're looking up. Remember we read uh, Isaiah 41. I pray that the source of hope. God, the source of hope. God, the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Power up. It's the only wa- option that ever works. You can torque on that day all, that thing all day long. Big difference between that and grabbing your power drill and going. Whoosh. It's like, oh, it was that easy. It was that easy. You were more than enough. You just didn't know it. From this day forth. I can't see my watch. Whatever today's date is, you know it. Now you're responsible for it. Jesus said, abide me. And I knew a branch can't bear fruit by itself. Stop doing it by yourself. Power up. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Let me end with this. Matthew chapter 6. I want to read all of this. The title in, in my Bible titles this, The Cure for Anxiety, actually. So it's kind of cool. Jesus talking. He says, For this reason I say, Do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or they don't reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing Observe the lilies of the field. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed themselves like one of them. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow's thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have a little faith. Do not worry. Do not say, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What will we wear for clothing? Do not say, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to get over this? Will we ever come through this? The Gentiles eagerly say those kinds of things. lost people, you are a child of God. And your heavenly father knows what you need at all times. In other words, the Lord knows where and how you are not enough. And it says, seek first his kingdom. Look up, power up, connect to the vine, connect to the source, seek first his kingdom and righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. I love that. Yep. That's where you are. But you looked up and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give that to him. And now he's more than enough. Now he's more than enough. Now, man, you are more than enough. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I'm going to repeat Isaiah 41, 10 here. Listen to me. In fact, go ahead and stand. I'm going to wait till you're standing till I read this because I want to read it over you. I'm going to read this over the men. Women, you can certainly absorb this too. Men, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to just extend your hands. My observation is when we do something like this, whether it's me or Melissa, Marvin oftentimes will say, hey, let's let's just extend our hands in a way to see. My observation is that it's usually women that do it. Men very rarely do it. Or they'll be like, you know, like, Stick your hands out. Women, you can do it too. And you can ask God, Lord, give me whatever I can have to encourage him. Lord, empower my prayers and my fasting for my husband or for my brother or for my dad or for my cousin, whatever man that that you might be praying for that would make that decision to be who he needs to be. But men, open those, lift those arms, open those hands proudly Not in an obstinate kind of proud way, but proud to receive from your Father. And maybe you're here and your Father, earthly Father, never gave you a thing except trouble. That's not what the Heavenly Father gives. He is the source of strength, the source of hope. He is the answer to your problems. And He is the one that can make you more than enough. So Lord... Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, I am with you. Lord, I pray for every man that is here or that is watching online that you would bring them peace. You've not given them a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Let them know you are with them even in their deepest concerns. Be not dismayed. Lord, strengthen them. Courage beyond their capacity. Help them to be steadfast and immovable, not dismayed. For you are telling them that you are their God. You say, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right." hand and I want every man in this room to just reach their right hand up as if they were taking the hand of the Father and pray this with me. Father in heaven oh wow come on man Father in heaven I need help I need you You promised to help me. You hear my cry for help. I need you. I want you. Today I decide the man I want to be.